What's going on everyone? Welcome back to the Silent Ground podcast. I'm Aaron O'Neill and I'm the owner of Silent Ground Performance. Um, so today we have a Q&A podcast. Where we have three questions that you guys sent in um, a while ago now. And I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get to them. But we've just been very busy this summer. Um, so a little update on what I've been at. We are deep into the GA club season. I've been working with Grange Nolvin, um, my local club, so we're in the midst of our championship there, um, and we're back on the basketball courts then as well. So we've been spending the whole summer on outdoor courts with Carlo Basketball, and um, yeah, working all summer as well with the Port Leash Men's National League team. We are currently in our pre-season, so getting ready for the return of National League basketball. And it's been just a very busy off-season basketball-wise in general. So, yeah, a lot going on behind the scenes at Silent Ground Performance. But I'm excited to get back to getting content out to you guys now consistently to help you become the best athletes you can be. So, with that said, we're going to start today with a Q&A. And question number one we have is how to recover after a workout. And this is a question I get asked a lot. Um... And the answer is something that actually might surprise you. So we're going to di- deep dive a little bit into recovery here today. Um, just to mention before I answer this question, I do have a blog explaining how to recover from workouts and games, etc. And then I have a video, uh, a YouTube video, breaking down different kind of recovery tools and methods and the science behind recovery. So I'm going to just kind of briefly answer today and um, yeah make sure to check those out it to do a little bit more of a deep dive into recovery so before we answer how to recover after a workout it's important to understand what causes us to need to recover from a workout so it's called a super compensation model um, and I will post this onto my Instagram so you can actually see it visually but basically what happens is we have a baseline level of our fitness so it's kind of like a graph say we have our baseline level of fitness before we do our workout we go do a workout and then damage occurs you know to our muscles that get broken down from say lifting weights or running around Um, our energy levels get fatigued and our nervous system gets fatigued so our baseline level then lowers we're fatigued so we need to recover and what happens is, uh, as we recover, our body adapts. This is called supercompensation. It adapts and raises our baseline level. So it supercompensates. It basically raises our baseline level. So if we ever get exposed to that same workout again, we don't get as sore and need to recover as much because our body has adapted to be able to handle the workload it was exposed to. This is called the supercompensation model. Like I said, I will post this so you can see it visually. But it's important to understand this is what, what happens to our body and why we need to recover and why recovery is so important. Um, and a big part of aiding our recovery isn't actually what you do, say, directly after a workout. It's what you do, like your daily habits and how you structure your workout routine. So... Getting a good quantity and quality of sleep daily is 
and having good nutrition habits are two of the biggest keys to you know recovering well after a workout if you have if you're consistently getting adequate protein into your body your body has enough protein to rebuild muscles um you know stronger so they can adapt and super compensate and raise your baseline level if you're getting you have to get enough fats and carbs into you to replenish energy stores that get depleted from a workout um you know so and then so you can have the energy again to work out the next day so your body's not fatigued so um and water then as well is obviously very important you know getting adequate hydration because you know after from working out you sweat you lose you lose water from your body you lose electrolytes you lose all that kind of stuff so you need to rehydrate to replace that that liquid loss from sweating and flush out toxins from your body so that's why you know nutrition is a big part of recovery it's having the right um nutrients and you know calories in you so you can rebuild and replenish energy stores after a workout another important part of that is sleep getting good quality and quantity of sleep daily and not just say the day after a game or day before a game will put your body in the best position to be able to recover because you know a lot of your recovery and that kind of rebuilding process happens during sleep so sleep is something we're going to do a deep dive into in the future because it's something i've worked on myself a lot this summer is building a better um sleep schedule but an important it was a study done a while ago and it's just to highlight the importance of getting enough um, quality and quantity of sleep is that athletes who got less than eight hours sleep daily were 1.7 more times likely to get injured so that really just highlights the need to get a good quality and quantity of sleep consistently to allow your body to recover it's probably the best recovery tool we have we all know the benefits of getting a good night's sleep how good we feel like waking up the next day or whatever we know how good it is so it's something we really need to build and focus on is building better sleep habits and getting better quality and quantity of sleep to really aid our recovery so another point of um, recovering after workout that actually kind of occurs before a workout really is how you structure your workout routine overall so we want to over time progressively overload our body so if we think of that super compensation model again where we have that baseline we work out there's a dip and then we recover to a higher baseline if we do a workout that's way too hard for our body and we cause a lot of damage that that dip is going to drop really low and we're not going to get we're not going to be able to recover from it that's where you get a lot of that muscle damage that soreness in muscles and you just feel tired and fatigued because you've overreached you've done too much so we want to avoid massive spikes and loads uh, so we don't want to say on you know day one of the off season do a really hard workout that takes a month or sorry not a month god that'd be a long time but you know it takes days to recover from we want to do a workout that yes it pushes us a little bit but the next day we, you know we, we might feel it a little bit but, but it's manageable you know you feel like you could go and work out again 
we want to do Dasik's doing enough that you cause that little bit of damage where your baseline dips but say in a day or two after that workout your baseline rate rises because you've recovered from that workout you've made some gains your baseline is raised if we do a workout that's far too hard and it takes us you know a week to recover before we can do a workout again you're it's taking so long to recover and you're not really going to get that same adaption your baseline might raise ever so slightly or not raise at all because your body was literally just trying to get back to its baseline levels instead of making an adaption so it can do a little more work you know it can perform a little bit better so we want to progressively over overload our workouts over time where we do just enough that our body is a little sore but it's recoverable it can make the adaption to raise our baseline level so that's progressively overloading your workouts over time we want to avoid big um, spikes in workload that take days to recover we want to be able to you know every day do a little bit more at maybe a little bit more volume or a little bit more at a higher intensity this way our body doesn't need to recover as it can handle that load it's it causes a little bit of damage but it's manageable it's recoverable and so those two things really for me are two of the most important things when it comes to you know this idea of recovery it's have you set your body up to actually be able to recover from a workout have you got good nutrition have you got good sleep habits and is your workouts structured in a way that they are you know your recovery from them is manageable it's not going to cause massive spikes in low where you need days off um and you know it's just structuring your workout smartly that you can work hard but work consistently so those three things are really really important and not spoken about enough when it comes to recovery but even still after workouts there are some things you can do immediately after a workout that's going to help um, aid in your recovery. And the big one, it's not what people think. It's not foam rolling. It's not, you know, a tarragon. There's no magic answer like that. The key thing to recovering, to getting your body into that recovery zone immediately after a workout is getting your body back into a parasympathetic state. So with our nervous system, um, we have you know the sympathetic state where it's fight or flight and then we have our parasympathetic state which is rest and digest so during our workout we're in fight or flight where our body's set up to you know do work it's using energy muscles are working hard but we after our workout we want to get back to quickly as possible rest and digest where our muscles are in a state where they can you know start to recover and rebuild so this is where recovery tools then can be a little bit useful it's not that the recovery tool itself does something but it can help you get back into this relaxed state so it could be as simple as like a five minute meditation where you can really focus on your breathing and allow yourself you know relax and slow down it can be some stretching where you're just going through ranges most and slowly 
again using that breath to help calm the body down or it can be foam rolling again nice and slow helping the body to calm down there's a common theme it's calming down the body it's not stretching it's not foam rolling all of these things help to calm down the body even like a, a you know a five or ten minutes slow walk you know that's going to help calm you down after an intense workout so immediately after a workout it's getting back into that parasympathetic state it's relaxing it's calming down and um, like i said recovery tools can be useful here to help you calm down and relax but remember the main goal is to get calm it's not to go through you know an intense foam rolling session or an intense stretching session then after a workout it's to do something that's going to calm you down allow your body to get back into that recovery state and from there it's rest replenish and rehydrate it's coming back to those you know that first thing we spoke about it's your daily habits it's then once you're into that, you know, you're calm down, you're in that recovery state, getting enough water on board, getting good nutrition, and then getting good sleep. So those are my three things when it comes to recovery. It's your daily habits of sleep and nutrition. It's progressively overloading your workouts so you don't need um, loads of recovery. And then immediately after workouts is getting back into the parasympathetic state. Those are the three most important things for that I teach athletes when it comes to recovery. Okay, so question number two. How to structure a basketball workout? Um, this is a very good question. And what I would say, the first thing I would say is to have your bigger goal in mind. So... You know what do you actually want to improve overall so like say if you're in the off season or even in the in season you're trying to work on your skills or whatever what are you actually trying to improve so you know it's a lot of times with players is they just go and do random workouts and then they're wondering why they're not improving in their game but you need to have a bigger goal in mind like so you know what are your weaknesses you're actually trying to improve in your workouts so let's say you want to work on being able to score off the ball better right that's something you over the off season you really want to improve if you have that goal you know that weakness in mind to improve that will form the basis and aims of your workouts that will give you the overall kind of goal of what you're trying to improve in your workouts so once you have that, and now we're going to come back to talking about an individual workout and how you structure it. From there then, let's say pick you know, a couple of scenarios that you need to be really good at and efficient in in order to um, be better at playing at that weakness. So let's say if it's off the ball scoring, we want to pick a couple of scenarios you know, go through the scenarios that you need to be you need to be good in to play off the ball. So, like attacking closeouts, for example, and um, moving off the ball, cutting off the ball, playing off a you know, um, like flare screens and down screens and that kind of stuff. Those are scenarios that, if you're comfortable in playing in 
you can you will improve your ability to score off the ball so you have your goal then you find the scenarios that you need to improve in to be better at the goal and now you need to find the skills to build up to be good in those scenarios to play better off the ball so skills for example to play better to attack closeouts or off screens would be comfortable playing out a triple threat for example it would be able to use a jab a rip a shot fake um it's being comfortable you know one or two dribble pull-ups it's being comfortable with you know getting straight to the rim because if if you're trying to improve your ability to play off the ball you you're not you know you're not using a whole lot of dribbles you need to be efficient so it's having you know that one or two dribbles to score it's been able to get straight to the rim um those are the skills and you're using them a lot out of the triple threat and then from there it's quick attacking it's not you know coming off of a, a flare screen and holding the ball in the triple threat like you're you know Lame carmelo anthony or something it's you're literally going to get the ball jab and go or rip and go or shoot or something like that so it's then finding those skills it's goals scenarios skills that will then structure your workout so when it comes to actually building your workout then you have your goals you have the scenarios you need to work on you have the skills you need to build up to be better in those scenarios to complete the goal you now work on those in your workout when it comes to the actual workout itself you want to build it up so you know this what i mean by this is let's say for this particular workout we pick working out of um a jab right we're going to work on the jab and a rip move out of the triple threat and at the start of our workout maybe we want to work on it you know coming off of a pin down okay so that we have the skills we're going to work on and we have this scenario which is off the ball that we're going to work out in this workout so at the start of our workout we want to get what's called block practice okay so we want to just get pure reps so this could be literally starting in one spot maybe at the wing and going rip and then you know making a layup or going jab and then to a pull up we want to get reps up in with this skill to get a feel for the footwork we need and to build up that motor pattern you know ingrain that motor pattern in our muscle memory so that you know we can actually perform that skill then we want to you know add that into the game situation which is coming off so coming off a pin down then jabbing and getting into our pull up or your step or whatever or, or our rip we want to again get blocked reps of the straight reps of just you know coming off a pin down jab pull up coming off pin down jab pull up ingraining that motor pattern so we're comfortable with that skill we're confident we can perform it and we have the footwork and um, timing to perform it once we've done that we want to move to more variable and randomized types of practice so what this means is we're, we're moving away from doing the same thing over and over and maybe we're still working on coming off that pin down but we first time we go a jab pull up next time we might go a rip and into a floater right we don't do the same thing 
you know, twice in a row, or we do it from different spots on the floor. So maybe we come off of a wide pin down, a pin down straight off the block. We go on the left side, next time we go on the right side, we're doing something different each time, right? We want to do something different each time. We want to build the stability of that skill. So by having to do something different each time, our body kind of only gets one go to perform it correctly. So, you know, our body is going to really lock in and focus on doing it properly. And if we build the confidence in, you know, we can score each time by doing something different. I mean, we, we've now unlocked this other level where we don't, we're not a robot. We have this fluidity to our game. We can, we're confident, you know, we can do different things and not have to kind of, you know, get a second chance. Because if you think in the game, you come off a pin down, you're probably not going to get the same read two times in a row or, you know, all the time in the game or from the same spots or first the same defenders, etc. You need to be comfortable doing different things, you know, in a row. So this is where that more variable and randomized practice comes in, where we do different things in a row to teach our body to be able to, you know, go through different skills without kind of having the time to get a feel for it like we would by doing the same thing over and over again. And this builds that fluidity, that free-flowing ability, that natural instinct to play basketball. So we want kind of half our practice maybe doing this block stuff, you know, 20 to 25% doing this more block stuff, and then 50 to 75% doing... um this more randomized variable kind of training if you're by yourself. Now, if you have a partner training with you, what you can do after you get those more variable or randomized reps is actually play. Because if you say play out of a constrained one-on-one where, you know, let's say you set up a chair on the block and it's a pin down screen, your partner acts then as the defender and they kind of go under or over the screen or whatever, and you're reacting then to say if they go over, you're gonna make that you make that read. If they go under, then you get into your playing out your triple threat from there. You get to actually get a feel for how to play out of that particular scenario um, in the game. And you can't beat playing against a defender because you know, I mean, at the end of the day, basketball is a game. We have a lot of stuff going on. So the more we can play as part of our workouts and like kind of do less of the same thing over and over again, the better we're going to be in the game because we'll have that natural instinct and feel. So when it comes to structuring a basketball workout, number one is have the bigger goal in mind. You know, pick the weakness you want to work on. For this example, we picked off the ball scoring. Then pick out the scenarios you need to improve on and work on it. For this example, we picked pin downs, and then we picked the we we picked out the skills we're going to need to attack a defender coming off of a pin down. And for this example, we picked you know a jab and a rip, where in you know to attack that defender that's closing out towards you if they've got around the screen. During your workout, then start with blocked practice where you're getting up reps to build a feel for that skill, build your confidence in that skill, and ingrain that motor pattern of the skill. 
then moved to more more variable uh, variable practice where you could do you know the same initial skill but get to a different finish each time or do it a randomized kind of practice where you could do something different each time coming off of that pin down and you do it from different spots so you build the stability of the skill and you improve your fluidity and natural ability to perform more like in a game where you don't get to do the same thing twice and if you can then finish by playing and um, using those skills or that scenario so you can feel out what it's like to play against an actual defender and know if what you've been working on works or doesn't work another important thing to note that i didn't mention there in your structure obviously have a warm-up and a cool down we spoke about the importance of a cool down in the last question getting back into that sympathetic the parasympathetic state to allow for recovery and allow though what you've learned from that workout to be ingrained into your muscle memory so that is how to structure a basketball workout. So final question for today, and this is a brilliant question, and it's very fitting seeing as a lot of you are back in school now, and as college is returning, and people's, um, you know, young student athletes, their schedules are getting very busy. And, you know, during the off-season, we all love getting those extra workouts in, getting on the court, improving our game. But during the school year, we don't really get that chance. So the que this question is how to fit in basketball during school. So, sorry, how to fit in basketball, you know, improving your game, getting basketball workouts in during school to improve your individual game. And the first thing I'll actually say, and... This might kind of, you know, you might disagree with this, but hear me out, is actually be okay with not being able to practice as much by yourself. Um, during the school year, schedules get busy, right? We have a lot of other things we need to focus on. We need, you know, we have to focus on our academics. You know, I mean, the reality of life is... We can't all be pro athletes or, you know, get on scholarships. Some of us need to do well in school to get into college, to go pursue an apprenticeship or whatever we want to do in life. School can play a big part in that. And we, you know, along with having academics to pursue, we have, you know, a lot of games we're playing, whether that be with our club and school or we're playing, you know, different sports and stuff like that schedule gets busy between training and games as well it gets very hard to fit everything in so you have to be okay with not being able to practice as much by yourself and you know learn to prioritize unfortunately sometimes at certain points of the year we have to do more of one thing and less of others you know if it's an exam year for you you might have to play less basketball for a couple of months to, you know, focus a little bit more on studying. Again, it's only a few months. We have to have that perspective to see, yeah, once I get this out of the way, you know, I'll be free to get back to doing what I love. It's a couple of months and, you know, by completing this other thing I need to do, I'll actually, you know, still be improving myself because I've completed a goal. I've, you know, 
I've done well in school. I set myself up to, you know, get the college course I want or get the the grades I wanted. Now I can get back to playing basketball. Um, so it's being okay with not being able to do as much. It's not going to be forever. It's only for, you know, certain periods of the year. You know, like once you get on holidays, for example, you can, you know, get extra workouts in because you have a little more spare time. Some weeks will be less busy than others. You know, like say, uh, you know, a week leading up to midterm or two weeks, you might have you know, midterm tests, you need to study a little more for two or three weeks. Once that's out of the way, you can get back to working it more often. So it's having the perspective to see, okay, yeah, I can't, you know, be 100% all the time, but when, you know, when I get the chance, I will get that extra work in, and when I can't get it in, I have the patience to understand to know that this isn't going to be forever. Once I get this period out of the way where I have to focus on other things, I can get back to working out. Um, aside from that, is when you do get the chance to train, you know, you're going to be doing, because it's the season, basketball season runs at the same time as as a school, you're going to be training a lot more with your team. So it's important then to really train and practice purposely when you get the chance to train. You know, it's arriving that little bit early and staying a little bit uh, later so you can get the, that extra bit of ball handling done, that extra few shots up or whatever. It's really focusing during drills and during training to make sure you're getting the most out of them so you can you know, continue to improve. And it's trying to get better in training. You know, if you're, if you have, you know, two or three training sessions a week and you give your all to those two or three training sessions, you're still going to get better. You know, it's not like if you stop working out, you can't get better. You can still improve during the season in those training sessions if you really commit and practice purposely and you know get there a little early stay a little later to do your extra work that and if you say even like you know 10 to 15 minutes before training or after training you can add up to you know anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half a week that's a whole extra workout got in by doing you know 15 minutes before training and maybe 10 or 15 minutes after training so it's practicing purposely in your team trainings and another thing as well is when it comes to, you know, fitting in basketball during the school season and improving yourself still, is find other areas where you can improve your game. You know, like during the off season, a lot of it and during the summer is focused on ourselves, improving our own skill, our own strength and conditioning. But during the season where you mightn't get as much time to practice on your own skills, improve other areas. So say focus in your team training sessions on improving your leadership skills you know stepping up and being that leader that gets everyone focused and make sure everyone's working hard and um, it's focusing on your nutrition and recovery so when you do have training and games you can give it your all and give it that 100 percent and really practice to the best you can because 
you are you know physically and mentally prepared and recovered and ready to train um and another you know area you can really focus on during the season is improving your iq so this you know because we can't get to work out as much and we have a lot more load due to all the games and team trainings it can actually be beneficial to pull back from practicing by yourself as much you know getting in those extra workouts it they might tip you over the edge that you know you're doing too much if you have say three team training sessions a week and maybe two or three matches that's a lot so actually pulling back from working out as much and doing more stuff that requires you know less physical exertion but it allows you to still improve like you know your leadership your nutrition and recovery and you know studying film studying opponents to find out your strengths and weaknesses studying your own um games if you can get them filmed to find your strengths and weaknesses and where you can you know improve and what you need to do better in the next game or whatever and like scouting out opponents or studying you know particular players to improve your own iq and really learning your team plays and you know the different options you have out of them and that kind of stuff those are other areas where you can improve that will really still take your game to that next level without you you know having to get in more workouts like you do during the summer it's all you know it's you have to be adaptable it's known in the when you get the time again you know say if you have a season a break in the season or you get holidays you can get those extra workouts in then or you know you, you've had a good off season you know you've got some good work in during the season you can focus on other things so it's finding other areas to improve so those are the three main things i would say when it comes to fitting basketball in and improving your game still during school is being okay with not being able to work out and practice as much um it's practicing purposely when you get the chance in your team trainings um and then it's finding other areas to improve and knowing that you, at t- certain times your focus will have to shift away from basketball and towards other goals and you know on a bigger kind of picture that's still important it's important to know that like you know as people we are more than basketball players as much as we all love this game or love whatever sport we play it's knowing that it's much bigger than this you know like we have other goals outside of basketball and it's okay at certain times to you know want to work more towards achieving those goals you know we're allowed to have more than one goal and one objective and you know maybe during the summer it was getting better at being a basketball player and then you know during the season sure you might have other areas you want to improve on still but you still want to do well in your academics or whatever that might be another goal it's known that we have you know other stuff other than basketball going on and it's finding that balance and having the perspective and patience to know yeah okay maybe i can't improve myself as you know my game as much as i want to physically at the moment but maybe i can improve in other areas of my life that will benefit me on the court you know if you have to really commit to studying and build that discipline to study that discipline and commitment is something you can carry over into basketball 
you know, into your workouts, into into your game. Um, that ability to be able to sit and study and break stuff down so you can carry over to your film study. You know, being able to sit there and really focus on finding out, you know, what opponents do and learning about them is a carryover. You know, so it's being okay with, you know, improving. It's being okay with, you know, not practicing as much and focusing on different areas you can improve is one of the biggest things I would say to remember you know during the school year and when you get the chance to practice purposely okay so that's going to wrap up today's podcast three really good questions and um yeah I really enjoyed answering them hopefully we'll do another one of these sometime in the future very soon if you have any more questions or want more information about anything we spoke about please do feel free to reach out to me and um, we can have a discussion and help you improve so thanks for listening today and i hope to see you very soon (laughs) bye